Welcome to the Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. We're so excited as we discuss what it looks like to live the radical Christian life, following Jesus no matter the call, no matter the cost. Yeah, so let's get to it. Well, welcome back. We hope you had a great Christmas and yes. celebrated and uh, implemented some of those family traditions you heard on the last podcast and came up with your own. And uh, it was a great Christmas. And yeah. That's what we hope. That was our hope for you. And yes, uh, now we're looking into the new year. We are. We're getting ready to enter into another year. Isn't that amazing? How fast they go? Yes. And so uh, we probably want to ask, how well did you do with your resolutions from last? Oh, let's not get into that yet. Right? Actually, <laughs> no, you're jumping the gun. Actually, yeah, I want to go back to Christmas because I read this great little um, joke and I, I thought I'd share it. To <laughs> just Christmas is over, but uh, here's just a little reminder. A small, small town had four churches, a Presbyterian church, a Methodist church, a Catholic church, and a Baptist church. All four had a serious problem with squirrels in the church. Each church in its own fashion had a meeting to deal with the problem. The Presbyterians decided that it was predestined that squirrels be in the church and that they would just leave, let them live there. <laughs> you don't get that joke. That's okay. The Methodists decided they should deal with the squirrels lovingly in the style of John and Charles Wesley. They humanely trapped them and released them in the park at the edge of town. Within three days, they were all back in the church. The Catholics also humanely trapped them and attempted to teach them the rhythm method, which, of course, did not work. <laughs> Come on, that's funny. But that's funny. The Baptists, though, had the best solution. They voted the squirrels in as members of the church, and now they only see them at Christmas and Easter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Love my Baptist brothers and sisters just yeah. threw you under the bus, but come on, that was funny. That, and, uh, is, that is great. I love it. <laughs> Mommy, I what's the rhythm method? Oh, yeah, no. Sorry if your kids are listening to this. <laughs> yeah. Back yeah. yeah. Anyways, looking into, okay, Christmas is over. Let's look into the new year. Yes. We actually have a great question. We do, and it actually comes from Papua New Guinea, one of the places that Serving Beyond Borders serves. Um, it says, I've tried to meet more dot, dot, dot. So it's kind of like fill in the blank. I've tried to be more righteous. I've tried to be more holy. I've tried to um, be, be more, more loving charitable. To my wife to be more yes, yes. Um, but I just can't. It'll last for a little while, and then I slide back. I don't think I'll ever change. How do I make a real change stick? Wow, that is a powerful question because we can all relate to that. Yeah, we sure can. And, and it goes into what I joked about earlier about New Year's resolutions mm. and you know how. How, how long do I keep them? Yes. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and that's it. I, I don't want to do the things that I do and I don't do the things I want to do. It's what Romans 7, it's what mm. Paul struggled with yep. in Romans 7 and we can all relate to that. Yeah, and, we can. And yes. so it's this time of year when we kind of think of new beginnings, you know, and that's kind of natural. And that's a good thing. I think there's always a time that we should take stock of what's going on in our lives, especially spiritually, and say, okay, what do we want to see look different? Let me ask you, Paul. Just off the top of your head, what percentage of people in your interaction do you th have you come across who who actually have kept all the whole year of resolution? Oh my goodness! If they've made a resolution, how am I trying to say? What percentage of people actually keep for the whole year the resolution they made? I would say maybe five to ten percent. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Actually, I'm just thinking of one guy that, who's pretty good at it that I know <laughs> yeah, in my yeah, personal I life. I actually and, think he's probably the only one I know <laughs> yeah. who does that really well. I mean, I think some of us. Well, of course, they're always done with good intentions, yeah. and some last longer than others. I think the exercise is always. <laughs> 
yeah. one of the and diet is probably the lowest on the totem pole. Yes. But you know, we some of us can go through you know February, March, mm-hmm. April those kind of things. But typically, you had to bring up the diet one, right? You just yeah. Well, so we, I walk the shot. I usually do the walk of shame by February. Sometimes <laughs> I make it till March to make the walk of Don't shame to, we the, all. to you the, are, the ice cream shop. You're in good <laughs> company, brother. So anyway. <laughs> Yeah, if we make it through January, we're really excited about it. But um, we we want to give you a little saying that we have. Just don't do the New Year's resolution thing. Do the New Life Revolution thing. Yeah, that's our little. It's a New Life line. Revolution. Yeah, resolutions we feel are only year yearly. Yeah, usually yeah. they're short term goals. But revolution has more of a something that happens that's permanent. That's more lasting. Yeah, you know, it, like it the, changes a life. Yeah, in seventeen seventy six, the 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 Revolutionary War mm. it changed our country. Yeah, and it's still lasting to this day. And so that's why we like that. Versus resolution seem to all, almost when we talk about them, they're going to be temporary. Yeah. And, which isn't bad. I mean, at least it no. gets us a kickstart and yeah. helps us. And I think that's the, that yeah. you just made a great point. And that's one of the big, it gives us a kickstart. It yeah. gives us there. There's um, the whole thing is of rhythms of life. Yeah. And I think that's one of those. It's kind of a rhythm of life. Yeah, It for helps us. me with my self-esteem in January. And then I <laughs> binge out on bluebell ice cream in March. <laughs> is this a confess your sins yeah. to one other thing? <laughs> So. Actually, that's a question that's probably going to come up on a podcast that we just received. Yes, <laughs> you know? so, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. So you can we'll see, we do practice confessing our sins to one another, even when the microphone is on. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. But but let me go back to uh, with the revolution and, and the permanent thing. See, uh, resolution versus revolution. I feel like resolutions, it kind of fits in with our society. We want something new. What am I going to do this year? What yeah. am I going to do this year? I got to do a new thing this year. I got to have a new word from the Lord this year. I have a new, new thing I'm going to work on this year. And, and that's okay. That's not wrong. But why don't we do something with consistency that's going to yeah. last next year and the next year and the next year? And that's what we mean by revolution versus resolution. Yes. Yeah. yeah I like that you define that just a little bit. You know, it's just the, it's the consistency of thing. So, yeah. Um, so one of my favorite verses that goes along with this is Psalm ninety twelve, where it says, teach us to number our days so that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Yeah. And so when I think about the new year, like it really does help me kind of like number my days. You know, we don't know how many days we're given, but we do know that right now the Lord has given us something to do. And so it really does. It, it's kind of the um, whole thing of intentionality. You know, you hear Doug and I say that all the time. It, it's kind of the theme of our whole life. Just be intentional about things. It's like our last podcast on Christmas. Be intentional about what you do, how you celebrate, what that looks like. Um, and so that for me is just a big, big thing of, of asking the Lord to how do I actually live in the moment, but live with a legacy and a future in mind? Yeah, and that's why revolution that changed our family back in the 80s, we made the joke about it and stuff, but we all had Tex-Mex dinner on Christmas Eve because that wasn't just a year, one-year resolution. It was a revolution in our family and a tradition that started yeah. and continued on. And so that's what we want to talk about. Uh, a revolution in your life now that will last for the next 5, 10, 50 years and going over and not trying to come up with a new thing, but every year working on that same thing. Yeah. Doing the same thing over and over and over. Right. 
It, right. It's like uh, I was trying to make a motion to you, but I guess I failed in that of reminding you. Because we talked about earlier, one of my favorite sayings is, the sun is going to come up tomorrow. Oh, it, yeah. Daily, every day, yeah. the sun comes up. And it every is. day, the sun goes down. And the rhythm of the same doing the same thing over is a good yeah. thing. And so, uh, we, we actually had somebody talk about that with us yesterday. We had a couple on the opposite side of our couch. Usually when we're preparing for, we weren't preparing for a podcast when we were talking to them, but it was, we had that conversation of what is wrong with sometimes building upon what you have and not always the new and the next thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, it was, I forgot completely about that conversation. So I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, we did have that conversation, yeah, didn't we? Yeah. So, so let's talk about some intentionalities. I, so m- I'm given get I've gotten away from resolutions and I'm moving more toward uh, going back to okay what have I resolved to and when I say resolved mm. uh, that comes from if you read the religious of uh, affections by Jonathan Edwards. Mm. Can I nerd out for a second? Because <laughs> yeah, but I'll keep I, you in check. <laughs> there's a few people who listen to our podcast who love to nerd out with me. Yeah, that. that's Jonathan right. Edwards, the great 16th uh, 17th century theologian, American theologian. Uh, he wrote a book. Our, our last son is actually carries his the middle name Edwards. Yeah, after this Edwards man. after the Jonathan Edwards, probably the greatest theologian America has produced, and. His book, The Religious Affections, was his resolves, his resolutions of how to live. He lived the radical Christian life, and that's for sure. And so uh, I remember that affected me. And so years ago, and I wish I would have dated it because I I have these old yellow pieces of paper. In fact, they're sitting by me on the desk. Yes, I I wrote out my resolutions of what I wanted my life to be about. Mm. And then I wrote steps on how to accomplish that. Mm. And so instead of coming up with new things every year, am I going back and doing the thing? So mm. one of the things I'm known for, so I'll just repeat it, but this is the example. I want to be a man of the word. I want to be a man of the word of God. That mm-hmm. I wrote that years ago. I want mm. people, if they know me, that famous... Uh, um, who wrote Seven Habits of Highly? Stephen Covey. In mm-hmm. his, uh, yep. Picture yourself at your own funeral and what mm. are people talking about you and saying about you? I mm. would love for people to say to me, that guy was a man of God, a, a man of the word of God. He knew the word of God. He was always yeah. quoting the word of God. That's what I want people to say about me. So yeah. I made that resolution that that's what I want to be about. And so, and then I have my steps. I mean, no Bible, no breakfast. Every day I'm in the word and I'm mm-hmm. working on scripture memory every day so I can memorize God's word, put it in my heart, and I'm not saying that bragging. I don't care no. what you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love you, Paula. But you do I don't, you, right? Yeah, you do you. I mean, <laughs> but that's my resolution. Yeah. So I don't need to come up with something next year, news per uh-huh. se. I need to come back every year to, am I doing that? Yeah. How am I doing in that? How many scriptures have I actually memorized this year? How many days that I have a quiet time? And I'm a, I'm big on... I have a great capacity to lie to myself. Mm. People do. Yes, everybody does. Yes, we all do. If you've yeah. never, if you don't believe that, then read Jeremiah seventeen nine, <laughs> and that will convict you. Again, just turn off podcast, read Jeremiah seventeen nine, and you'll realize. That I'm going to quote it just because probably people are going to forget that. But the heart is sick and desperately wicked. Who can understand it? Exactly. So, uh, so I quanti- I like to quantify. Is that the right word? I literally write down every day. I have a quiet time. Mm. When I miss it, I can see it in my calendar. And there better be more 
makes than misses <laughs> or I'm just, my shooting percentage is pretty down. Right. Yeah. Uh, how many verses have but I that's learned? That's a way to actually prove it. Yeah. Like we can all say yeah. whatever, yeah. you know, it's, it's kind of like giving, you know, we can say we're giving, but if we actually don't look at our receipts from the bank, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah might not I be was, happening. When I was discipled, I had a guy pay, call me out, show me your time. Don't, well, this was back in the old day. Show me your checkbook. Show me your timesheet mm. and I'll show you what kind of Christian you are. Yeah. And we looked at wow. my timesheet and we looked at my checkbook and I had to keep growing. Mm. So that's it. So that's my thing for uh, how I grow uh, every year and, and set myself to grow. So in 2022, I'm not looking for a new resolution per se for me. Mm-hmm. Again, you do you. You come up with your own resolution. That's great. You have a word from the Lord. You come up with something new. That's great. Mm. But for me, I'm going back to my yellow sheets of paper. Uh, for you who know me, in 2018, uh, I pulled those sheets out and I was going through them and I have, I've actually accomplished all my sh- goals that were in that, that are able to be accomplished, you know, like my educational goals, my career goals and all that. And I heard the Holy spirit just speak into my heart saying, so are you ready to die? Mm. So I wrote out new ones mm-hmm. for two, starting in 2018. So I have a new set of yellow legal pad papers with new resolutions that I'm trying to live for the rest of my life. And yeah. I'm going to work on those this year. And check myself on the goals. I, I mean, the steps I have to reach those goals this year. So, yeah. do you have a yellow pad of paper with your lifetime goals and achievements that you're striving for that you can present for the Lord on that day and saying, "Lord, this is what I was doing for Your honor and for Your glory." Yeah, it's it's kind of a long obedience in the same direction. Yeah. Like oh. you're, you're not deviating. Everybody from that. loves the quote Nietzsche, and that's yeah. great quote. So yes, it is a long obedience in the same it direction. Is. That's yeah, good. yeah. So what about Absolutely. you, Paula? What are you going to do this year? Well, I, I do it a little bit different. Um, I love that you do that, and I think life goals are huge. So if we're just changing every year and we never have a way to really evaluate, then we're probably not meeting our goals. But one thing that I use is I call it my one 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 method. For those of you who have listened to our marriage podcast on our one 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 method for marriage, if you haven't, go back and listen to it because it's it's great. We just and used it works. It counseling a couple not that long ago. We like, really if you listen did. to our podcast, no. Well yeah, yeah. you're gonna fail unless you do. No, <laughs> no not that at all. You do you. But do something. Yes. How about that? Do something. Um so what this really comes out of uh, out of for me is the idea of first fruits which is in Deuteronomy 26 at 26 and that was really um, where the Israelites were required to offer the first and the best portion of their harvest it was an offering of thanksgiving both for now and what was to follow like it was it was in that moment saying yes we recognize God for the thankfulness of this and we trust in God for his faithfulness for the future for us of going into the land and all of that. Um, but what really helps me with this, I'm just like super pragmatic and I do like change sometimes. Like it helps me keep into the rhythms of life to periodically do things like this because it kind of keeps me in check. So I think that when we talk about this for me, this is not a this is like an extra biblical teaching in the sense of you can't go back and say, okay, this is what that passage talks about. But this is kind of the way, to me, it's almost like a rhema word. This is how I apply that in my whoa, 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 own whoa, whoa, whoa. Life. This is so fun. I get to, I get to change, reverse the tables. What in the world do you mean by a rhema word? <laughs> you, you, 
Now I'm getting put on the spot. Yeah, like I put you on the spot. Exactly. Um, that that's a that's a great question. So there's the logos word, which is the word of God, the written word of God. Then there's the Rhema word, which is the idea that what the Holy Spirit speaks the the written word of God into our our hearts, the spiritual word of God. Now, remember, they never contradict each other. That's the foremost thing. They they can't because God does not contradict himself. The Holy Spirit will never contradict God. But the idea is that's that's the living and and active word of God where we take, you know, a principle or something and it speaks to our own lives. You know, if... the Psalms would be a great example of this, you know, where it where David writes about you are my tower and my refuge. Well, that's a very little world word there, but we can apply that to our own lives, where God is our tower, our refuge. And so, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. That's great. The first fruits, we're not now taking our harvest. If you have a little garden, you don't take your first produce that's harvested and take it down to the temple and offer it as a sacrifice. But the principle is there and it carries into the new Testament. Mm -hmm, I mean, Jesus is the first fruits. Yes. It says that in first Corinthians 15, 15, 19 and 20, where Mm. it talks about, but in think, Oh, I got it. Yeah. So if I just talk about this this is one of my new verses in the last two weeks that I've been memorizing. So Mm. if in Christ we have hoped in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Oh, wow. Isn't yeah. that a great when yeah. the Holy Spirit does this? Yeah, we didn't, I didn't even, even practice know, Yeah, that. I didn't even know you were going to bring that verse up. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Booyah. Yeah. But so little, I get to do a rabbit trail. So, you know, I get this all the time. People ask me how I do my quiet times. What does it look like? I All the time I get this. This would be a great example. If you were just in that moment going, wow, that kind of intrigues me. What does that mean? Look up the word first fruits. Where is that? It's it's in the Old Testament and New Testament. And just, you know, build your Bible knowledge a little bit. Go to Blue Letter Bible on your on the website yeah, or get the Blue app. Letter Bible it's app great. and just you can do word studies yep, on that. I use look that up all first fruits in the Bible. The time. Yeah, it's great. So, okay, so back to this. I know you so, do because I'll be sitting over on the other side of the room and I'll hear Strong's number 48 yeah. first fruits. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll hear you up like, "Up, oh, she's on the Blue Letter Bible." Yeah. So what that study. is, yeah, exactly. I we should explain that a little bit. There's a there's famous the Strong concordance um, that that gives all the Hebrew and the Greek words in the Bible and then the pronunciation. So, yes. That's what it's like it being coming. married to a word nerd. So. I just can't <laughs> I love <help> it. myself. <laughs> so, so, the first fruits. So, I have three components of this. My first fruits of the day. So, this would be, this is symbolic again. So, my first fruits of the day are the first few minutes that I spend with God. And I'm a firm believer in that in the morning. I really am. I've always been this like, hey, you can do it anytime. Yeah, you can. But you know what? Fill up yourself with the Holy Spirit in the morning. So, my my first fruits of the day would be those first minutes. It, and what I think is really a revolution to me in this, I just got this the other day. Don't you love it that you can walk with the Lord for 40, 50 years, whatever, and then you get you get new revelation. It's like, oh, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, I know, wait, wait. I know. Just <laughs> when I said that, I was like, no, it's not new revelation. Are you the new apostolic reformation? I know, oh, literally. You got a new revelation. No, no, literally, it came out of my mouth and I went, oh, no, 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 we're not, we're not going to go there right now. So A new rhema. A new there you go. Word. It's there a new rhema word. Yeah, it's the way the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. But I got this. <laughs> I love it. Um, is I totally lost my place. 
<laughs> I don't know, just Psalm 116, 17. I yeah, like that. So. Yeah, I do. It, it says, to you I will offer up a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call upon the name of the Lord. So what I really realized is each day is an offering to back to God. It really is. It's a sacrifice. And that by me sacrificing my time, my moments, my first fruits of the day, I'm actually doing something. I'm giving an offering to God. Because you, you said you were, you were going, sorry, before I freaked out at your word revelation, <laughs> yeah, but you were yeah. talking about how you were so excited because God had brought something new to you. And I remember because yesterday when we were sitting on the couch, we mm-hmm. were both excited because about a month ago, the Lord's been showing me, I need to be more th- thankful. I, I, I need to just, and you were, and then all of a sudden you sat on the couch yesterday and you were like off. I, like I had to calm you down, like calm down, <laughs> don't, don't stress out, stroke out here because you're so excited because you were saying that very same thing. Yeah. How, uh, was that what you were going for? Not or, yet. Oh. You jumped into my oh. third part, but that's okay. But that's good because it really is a sacrifice. And I realized, you know, sometimes it's easier to live for God in the big things and not the daily sacrifice where First Corinthians says, I, I die daily. I have to die daily. This is actually a sacrifice that I'm offering and so I started thinking about, okay, what is that sacrifice? If we're talking about first fruits, is it literally that I'm, is it giving, which some people equate with the first fruits? Is it, what is it? And so the answer came to me in Hebrews thirteen fifteen, where it says, through him, meaning Jesus in this passage. So through him, then let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. Yeah, that's great. So that's what it is. I'm actually in that moment. So if you want to know what your quiet time should be about, I I study a lot in my quiet time because we laugh about it, but I'm a word nerd. I like to dig the scripture apart, but really what it is, it's that moment. It's it's lips that give thanks to God. Am I thankful? Yeah. That's that's such a big thing for me. And it was really um, the word sacrifice just kept coming to me. It actually is a sacrifice. So your first fruits of the day is your first few minutes. Yep. That's what you're saying. So what's your second thing? It's the first fruits of the week. Now, we we know that the Sabbath day happened on the seventh day. But um, my... I love the idea that we actually consecrate a day of the week um, to give back to God. And now let me explain that a little bit, um, because we don't live under the Mosaic law, which when we which we find the commit the Ten Commandments in Exodus twenty, and the fourth commandment is to honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. So we don't we don't practice that anymore. Doug, why don't we? In the sense of, okay, we practice all the other commandments, yeah, but yet we really don't practice that. I mean, a lot of people would say that's church day. That's yeah. probably Sunday. But uh, well, if you're a Seventh-day Adventist, Adventist, you do. Yeah, They're yeah. the ones who still practice the Sabbath and they, t- they worship on their church services on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So a lot of church plants ask to use their church on Sunday <laughs> if they're not <laughs> yeah. using it. But the, so... And that's what they would say. Why do you follow the other nine commandments, but not this commandment that talks about honor the Lord on the Sabbath, remembering yeah. the Sabbath day? Well, the reasons, the biblical reason the church hasn't is one, because it's not repeated in the New Testament. Mm. All the other commandments are repeated in the New Testament, but this one isn't mm. to, for the church to follow, New Testament believers to follow. Second, Jesus actually, um, it's the one command where he, um, just like uh, in Mark, oh, wow, well, I'm just going to draw a blank here. In Mark 7, yes, Mark 7, look it up. <laughs> Remember, just trust podcasts. Look yeah, it up that's yourself. True. But yeah. in Mark 7, I'm off the top of my head, Jesus 
uh, freed people from the law, the, from Leviticus 11 and the laws about what dietary laws, what mm. food they could eat. All f- it says right there, all foods were made clean. Jesus mm. was declaring all foods clean. So that's why we can eat shellfish right now. Enjoy your shrimp cocktail. Enjoy <laughs> your bacon, bacon, bacon. You know, that's why I love bacon because of the freedom. Well, this is the same thing. Mm. He and um, Mark 2 would be the passage. I think it's t- verse 28, right at the end of the chapter. Actually, I think it's 24. Is it 24? Thank yeah, you. The, the Sabbath was made for man. Yeah, and not man for the yeah. Sabbath. And so... Uh, so that's Jesus is actually showing, and that's when his disciples were breaking the Sabbath, mm. when they were plucking grains, heads of grain and eating it on the Sabbath, and the Pharisees were flipping out, and Jesus says that. So there's indication not only, mm. it's not repeated, but there's indication that we're free from that. And then if you get into it, and if you want to do your own study, this is quiet time, Paula just said. We'll give you some things to talk about. And that's, uh, there's the ceremonial law, there's the moral law, and then there is the civil law. And this would be more in the ceremonial law and that and the civil laws that we are free from, but we're not free from the moral laws. Now, some people are going to argue that, of course. Mm. Um, but that's why the church does. Mm. Yeah. That means that's why the church doesn't. We Because and then also in a couple of places in the New Testament talks about the first day of the week is when the church gathered together. First Corinthians 16, Revelation 1, 10 are the passages for that. Okay, great. Thanks for filling us in on that. So I, I kind of, in, in my own way, do the first fruits of the week, and that's my Sabbath day. So I think we take, this is exactly where we take a principle and we apply the particular because God doesn't give us the, he doesn't give us the particular, but I think rest is necessary. We know that it's necess- necessary. I can get that word out to us in the rhythms of our lives. And so what does that look like? Like the whole idea of the Sabbath day that it, it means to keep it holy. To, so it's set apart. It's sanctified for God. So I think that's one of the things that we really have lost in Christianity in the sense of actually setting a time away for God. You yeah. know, it's Sunday isn't just about football. For a lot of people, it is, to be honest. They would put that before church if yeah. they had to choose. Yeah. Um, but the idea is that we actually have a, a defined time where we interact with God. So let me explain how this works for me, because I think it just to make this practical. So my Sabbath is Friday, because I work on a Sunday, technically. And so what I do on my Friday is I spend an uninterrupted time with God. Now, I am an empty nester. I have time. You know, for people that are working full-time jobs, have kids in the house, you know, well, I don't know what that would look like. Maybe it's an hour. You know, are you just like having a, a time where you're actually connecting with God at a little bit deeper level than you can on a regular work day? So it would be something like that. So for me, that's just really important to my spiritual life. And then I really try not to work on that day. Yeah. Now, I used to think that this meant like, oh, I can't do, I lay on the couch you know, yeah. or yeah. whatever. I, I am, that is that not, not me. Yes, <laughs> no. Yeah. What I realized, it's actually rest from work. So I don't do anything that is my normal work week work as in as much as I can. Sometimes things get interrupted and that's okay. But the idea is that my focus, so number one, my focus is on God and number two, I rest. I rest from work. So it, that that helps me to be rejuvenated to go into a week where I can first of all I'm rejuvenated, rejuvenated spiritually and then also just physically and emotionally. Yeah. And 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 I, I, yeah, that is 
really powerful. And let's take it to the next step because we, we were talking not that long ago, actually, about a family who instills this with their children. Yeah. See, this isn't just an individual. Sabbath was a community thing. It was a- Yes, that's a and, great point. Yes. And so for most people, I think Sunday's still going to be it. Yeah, um, I do. It could be Saturdays and, and that. And we don't want to be legalistic, but mm-hmm. but sometimes people use that as an excuse not to do anything. We want to be legalistic. Well, yeah. I don't think that's your problem. You're so far on the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> and we know one family, it's no electronics day. Yeah. Kid, you know, we all know that yeah. we've all heard Their the statistics Saturday that is kids no are being yeah. influenced too much by social media. They're being influenced by their devices. We were just actually, we just had breakfast this morning before the podcast and we're looking over and there, the, the girl did put down the phone. You said that was yeah. good. But at the beginning I looked over and she, this teenage girl, the, the you yeah. know, family sitting there, she's just on her phone the whole time. And yeah. So maybe that's it. Just yeah. finding rhythms where God is first and the world is second. Yeah. Well, and as as parents or people of influence, you know, you can't pass on what you don't possess. So if you are not doing those things, for example, so this family that we know that that puts electronics aside and you know who you are, what I was so impressed about, I had actually written the person on a Saturday and I hear I didn't hear from them till Sunday because the mom put her phone down. Yeah. And yeah. so yes, there can be emergencies. We get these kind of things. But but the reality was we we have to model this. Yeah. I think the father checked his phone what two or three times a day or whatever. So but yeah. he did it for emergencies. Yeah, and because people, he's in ministry and, and people and, who and that knew was him and people knew him knew okay, they could get a response if there was an emergency. But yeah. if it's not, no way. Yeah. So yeah. anyway So your first your first fruit is what? Your first fruit is... I thought you were going to answer no, it. No, sorry. <laughs> My first few minutes of the day. Okay, and what's your second fruit? The first fruits of the week. Okay. So that would be a weekly rhythm for me that works. And I have done this for years and years, so this isn't a this year thing. Yeah. And it works, trust me. Great. And what's your third fruit? So that would be the first fruits of a new year. So where we talk about kind of a resolution or revolution idea, um, I actually do kind of pick a theme or a word for the year, and I've probably done this for maybe 10 years. And what that looks like for me is the deeper work that the Holy Spirit wants to do in me. And so I actually spend time fasting over this. Usually it happens after the first of the year or maybe when I'm on break, that type of thing. This year, I worked on this yesterday because I really felt compelled um, that there was something the Spirit was trying to break through in me. And then I realized what it was. And that was where the whole sacrifice of praise or thanksgiving came out of. And that, so that's a word as I move in to 2022 is, is thankfulness. Oh. I didn't know all those details. Yeah. I just thought yeah. you were excited. So. No. <laughs> now, well, you were excited. I didn't, now I know I why. Was, yeah, I'm so. an internal processor, so it doesn't always come out yeah. <laughs> verbally. Um, but like last year, just as an example, it was prayer. Because I realized my prayer life was really, really weak. And I had actually read a, a quote, and it says that prayer is the discipline of our weakness. And I can't remember who said it on the top of my head, but it's really good. Sounds good. Uh, it is. It is. I think it was Richard Foster. But um, what I what I really realized that that was an area that I wanted to see this the spirit do a deeper work in me. So I I it wasn't only a thing of like a, I just pick a word. I pick a verse that goes along with it because Jesus fought Satan with words. 
He did. He used the scripture. And so if Jesus did that, then I think I can do it. So I pick a verse and then I I actually keep a journal. I'm not a huge journaler, but I do my quiet times every day in a journal. And so I write it in the front of my journal for that year and I say, okay, this is this is my focus. You know, I don't know if many of you are like me. You probably are. I can, it's like the resolutions. We can lose focus after a week or two weeks. So, you know, if you're really serious about this and you want to make a life change, a permanent change, put it on your bathroom mirror, you know, Mm. put it on a place that you put it on your coffee maker. Put it on your calendar so it pops up every month on the first of the month or something like that. Yeah. So so it's just, I, I have to keep it in the forefront of my mind. So my first fruits of the new year are really, what is the deeper work that, um, I want to see the spirit do my own life. And at the process of that is I usually look back at the last year in that process and say, did I actually do it? That is so good. So yeah, I do the goals and just continue the mm-hmm. same thing every year. Mm-hmm. You come up with new things mm-hmm. and you're, and I just left the three first fruits, the first fruits of your minutes. You said the yep. first fruits of your week, which is a weekly Sabbath, a time where a day where God is first uh, and that day. Yep. And, and the and first fruits of my day, year. Great. Yeah. What do I want to see God do? Well, as we end this, we just want to give you something for the new year and just remind you of um, you can't do these things ultimately, whether you are like me and do the same things over or you're Mm -hmm. coming up with new things and new rhythms like Paula talks about and getting new words and new focuses. You're not going to be able to sustain it unless you have the Holy Spirit in you. Yeah. You're going to just do it in the flesh and that doesn't, and if you do it, it's not going to really make a difference because it's not done for the right reasons. Things yeah. done in the flesh don't bring glory to God, but things done in the spirit. Mm. What does the scripture say? You know, the, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life, yeah. life-giving spirit. Yes. And so and that all starts with being born again. Yeah. And so this year going into 2022, we just want to encourage you. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you walking by the Spirit? And that literally starts with the question, are you born again? Yeah. And so uh, if you are going to 22 rejoicing, excited about what God is going to do in and through you and for you, Mm -hmm. because the Spirit of God dwells inside of you because you're born again. And when I say that term, I love it. Uh, if, you've hit, if you've been listening to the podcast a while, you always hear me talk about being born again. And mm. I just came across this recently again, and I've had this in my file for a long time. But I love the story about Louis Armstrong. It says, during a college music workshop, the great trumpeter player, tr- great trumpet player Louis Armstrong was being asked questions about his early musical training, his trumpet techniques, his repertoire, his singing style, etc., Then a hush came over the audience in anticipation of the legendary Jasmine's answer to a young student's question. Mr. Armstrong, what is jazz? Armstrong thought for a moment. Then with a touch of of sympathy in his voice, replied, if you got to ask, you ain't got it. (laughs) So it is with being born again. If you don't know what being born again is, you ain't got it. We want you to have it. Yeah, we do. So what we hope that above all else, um, as you look at moving in to 2022 in this new year, that you would know Jesus, that you would make a commitment to being born again. So what are your next steps? What does that look like? Well, you need to settle it for today. We were going to actually refer you back to some of our teaching and podcasts, but I want to just explain it again. So you have a moment that you can recommit your life 
to Jesus, the Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah who died for our sins, who was buried and was raised again on the third day to bring us to new life in him. Settle that today, won't you? Thanks for listening to The Radical Christian Life with Doug and Paula. I think it's at this time we're supposed to do some pitch like hit the subscribe button or donate. But we just want to say, do what you want. We trust way more in the sovereignty of God than in the Christian industrial marketing complex. You just keep living radical for Jesus, and so will we. And let's watch how he blesses us all. We'll see you next time.